This is Limitless Possibility. I'm Yannick Mangan. And I'm Luc Olivier Dumablet. And our topic this week is... Taking a break off Twitter. Ooh, I have a lot of things to say about this too. <laughs> Me too. Uh, but first we have some follow-up. Yes, we do. So first on my list, I would like to bring a blog post written by Yannick, one of your friends. Uh, you are the one sending me, so your friend uh, Ramona. Uh, and earlier in October, they reviewed Gran Turismo Sport, so I was quite excited <laughs> when you sent that to me. So I would say that if you've enjoyed my recent episode on number 138, titled Gran Turismo 7 Prologue, where I discussed when I revisited this game, and also any kind of add some of his opinion about playing a bit in the past few years since our first episode, I'm sure you'll enjoy this blog post too. Uh, Ramona recently purchased this this game, and as a huge GT6 fans, as like Yannick and I are, uh, they gave their impression of the latest GT installment. So I strongly suggest you go read it, and I don't want to spoil it, but I should follow their conclusion and what they did in the end. <laughs> so you'll have a link to it in the show notes. Uh, my next item is that I finally played some Super Mario 35. I saw I that. Yes, I said uh, a lot last week that I only watch video and I will try my best to do. And uh, surprisingly enough, I've played a lot in the past two weeks. And let me tell you, this game is as fun to watch as it is to play. <laughs> so I've played about five to seven hours. Um, five or six hours at least. Because what I realized is a, it is quite addictive to play. Um, on top of that, that... Uh, since I'm also quite bad at Super Mario Bros, uh, the games are not too long, so I die kind of early, meaning that I can start a new game maybe after 4 or 5 minutes, sometimes even after 30 seconds, which meant that I more or less could just play a couple of games for 30 minutes to an hour, stay, stay in front of the TV, play an handful, uh, play a handful rounds, and then just go on with life. Uh, which is something I really enjoy of this game is I kind of wanted to burn some steam or just kind of wanted to do something and just being here in the condo doing nothing. I was like, hey, let's play uh, Super Mario 35. And that I really enjoyed. Um, one thing, though, uh, I think uh, that could expect that could express some not my personal concerns, but maybe some other people's concerns about this game is uh, Tony was watching me play and he's like, oh, my God, I don't understand how you can play this game. This is making me so stressed. Uh, I still don't understand. I would just like throw my controller at the TV. I was like, no, you know what? Surprisingly enough, even when I die, I'm like, oh, it was nice. Uh, even if I said that I was bad, I think once or twice I did, no, I think once, I did a couple of times top 10, which I was quite proud of. And once I think I was sixth. I was like so close to top five. So uh, I would strongly suggest, <laughs> okay, uh, it's funny. Uh, so I would say, if you have a Switch, uh, and you're subscribed to Switch Online, I strongly suggest you go download it and you don't do like what I wrote in my notes uh, and when I said if you have a Swift, not a Switch, which is mm. quite funny. That's why I laughed. Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, moral of the story is uh, if you have a Switch, go play it, uh, especially if you pay for a Switch Online because um, I guess that in the future, I'll re re revisit this game compared to Tetris, Tetris 99. I don't think I will. Well, you're not necessarily going to be able to because it's a limited release until, I think, March. And then after that, it's gone. True. 
Um, so I guess I'll try to enjoy it in the next <laughs> few months. But I, I like even if the even if it was not a limited release, um, I would have felt that this game I would revisit more often than, for example, Tetris 99, which I realized after playing maybe an hour or so that if you were just kind of a casual Tetris gamer, it's hard to be good at Tetris 99. Because it seems that even after a couple of days after it released, it was just the hardcore player that was playing it, and then it's really hard to go upon your life. Compared to this, I, I always felt that there's kind of a surprisingly enough. Maybe it's because today, right now, there's a lot of uh, casual players pay, playing it. Uh, but I always felt that it was kind of a, a great matchmaking, I could say, a catch level making. Well, have you checked out Tetris 99 since they added the new... Uh, there's like a new tier. If you win in Tetris 99 once, I think it's once, maybe it's multiple times, uh, you unlock another matchmaking tier that's separate. So you only get ranked with other people who have beaten at least once. So that should improve your chances in theory. But I, it was added like, I think, six months after the launch of the game or something like that. Okay, yeah, that could explain that because my perspective was around the launch. Like I played around the launch. I was like, hey, this is a nice concept, but all the Tetris nerds are playing it. And even if I consider myself kind of a, a noob nerd for Tetris, I really love this game, but not enough to just be a, like a total expert at it. And I kind of realized that. So maybe because of that, maybe once Super Mario 35 goes away, I'll have an, uh, an opportunity to just revisit it because I'll be so sad that it, go, it went away. Uh, but yeah, so strongly suggest uh, if you want to just like have some fun on the Switch right now, Super Mario 35 is a good one. All right. Um, before I get into my actual follow-up, I have an administrative note, and that is something that uh, some members of my family have asked me about in the past. Uh, they were asking for a way to listen to uh, Limitless Possibility on their Amazon Smart Speakers, and uh, previously there was this Apple Podcasts app made by Apple for uh, Alexa Smart Speakers. That was only available in the U.S., and it seems that this has become available in more countries uh, since the launch, uh, and Ooh. now it's available in Canada. So if you go to the Alexa app on your phone and you install the, uh, well, you go to the link account section and you choose uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, you just need to install the skill. You don't actually need to log into an iTunes account, and you can just say, Alexa, play Limitless Possibility on Apple Podcasts to your speaker, and you will be listening to the latest episode there are some weird i'm not gonna say issues but like it's sort of known that on when you're using different skills sometimes the sound level is not quite as high for skills as it is for music or for just alexa's voice um so you might need to play with the levels and then if you ask her to like turn on a light or something and then her okay is going to yell at you or something uh so th that was an issue when i tried it out uh but otherwise it does seem to work pretty well and i believe if you do link your account it's going to play whatever is the latest unless uh whatever your first unlistened episode is uh and it does like state resuming and all of that stuff uh but like i don't use apple Podcasts, so i have no real use for that um but just wanted to bring it up in case people were interested in lis listening to us uh via that uh, we are not interested in being on uh amazon podcasts which is a whole other thing uh so we're very glad that there's at least this possibility because uh for a while i was actually debating writing my own skill to do it Ooh, oh i didn't know that you were considering that i had like part of the code written out but i was just like eh 
time and more interesting <laughs> things. And I was like, probably Apple Podcasts is going to come out in other countries. So uh, my guess was correct. Uh, so I believe if you're in an English-speaking country, you should have access to that skill. So go try it out. Uh, next up, actual follow-up. Uh, I talked about Gemini on the previous episode. Uh, and Drew DeVault, who runs uh, SourceHut, which is a GitHub alternative, uh, wrote a pretty big po- blog post last week uh, called What is this Gemini thing anyway and why am I excited about it? So if you need another sort of uh, pitch for why Gemini is cool, uh, go read that. Uh, I have noticed in the last couple of days that there has been a tremendous boost in activity on Gemini because of this blog post. Uh, so oh, nice. It's been pretty neat to see a bunch of new names pop up uh, on the various blog aggregators. Aggregators, uh, and yeah, lots of interesting new uh, opinions have shown up in the last week. So uh, it's real cool. Uh, speaking of Gemini, uh, I've made some progress on my Gemini browser uh, called Celestia. Uh, so I have a working parser and renderer right now. Uh, so I just need to hook it up to the network and do the browser stuff, like handle navigation and all that stuff. But like. The parser and the render are working, so that's like two-thirds of the core that's there, so that's pretty good. Um, so I'm going to be doing network protocol stuff soon uh, to get that working, uh, so I'm really excited for that. Oh, you bring up you bring this up in follow-up. I have so much questions from some of Smith's statement you just made, but I'll have to resist and not ask. Yeah, there. we will undoubtedly talk about it uh, in the future. I will put a link in the show notes to a screenshot of the Swift Playground that I used to actually get all of this working. Because, yes, I did all of it in Swift Playgrounds, half on my iPad, half on the Mac. And I've already seen the screenshot, and I can attest to it. Yeah. Uh, and last, I want to tease two of my upcoming episodes, because there are only two of my episodes left in the year. Uh, so... The next episode is going to be my November episode, which is going to be about the next-gen consoles that are launching within the next week. Uh, So we haven't really talked about uh, consoles at all since uh, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X came out. I'm so messed (laughs) up now. Yes, I love your hesitation. It's like, okay, uh, am I fucking this up? No, you do not. That's good. Trying to talk about the Xbox because the the Xbox embargo was this morning. I don't even know what day it is anymore. No, you you texted me this morning saying, "Hey, the uh, the embargo is up." Yeah, so I watched a bunch of Xbox reviews, and every time I was going to tweet about it, I was writing Xbox One S and Xbox One X, and I was like, <laughs> "No." You did like people like uh, people weren't saying that like in the last few weeks, like the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S got like seven hundred percent more sales on uh, Amazon because people thought it was a new one. Yes, exactly. Good so job, I'm Microsoft. doing the same thing, except at least I'm not putting any money on the line. Uh, so, so yeah, we're going to be talking about the Xbox Series consoles and the two PS5s and maybe some rumored upcoming switches uh, on the next episode. Uh, so look out for that. And then Rikoriki uh, has another episode after that, which I don't think we know the theme of yet. And then, no, but I kind of realized that maybe I should follow your team for the last two episodes. I don't know. We'll have to see. Hmm. And then in December, uh, my episode is going to be Game of the Year 2020 as usual. So uh, if you have any Game of the Year rec recommendations or stuff like that uh i guess you can start sending them in it's kind of early but i guess uh so things to look forward to in the coming months uh so don't expect me to talk about my apps or anything in the coming months because it's not going to happen uh look for it in 2021 uh you know you know first things i think it will be our third annual game of the year episode i think that sounds right yeah 
Yeah, yeah. And second of all, I can be a generous person. You know me and I can lend you my episode for December so you can talk about your apps. No. Ah, <laughs> at least I tried, people. <laughs> nice at least try. I tried. At least I tried. Not that I want to, don't want to have a subject there, but I'm like, I want to talk about those apps. But I'm sure in 2021, I will be able to talk even more about them. Yep. So that's it for me. Uh, now we can move on to the main topic. Good. Speaking of the main topic, uh, today we will be talking about taking a break off Twitter. Uh, so the main idea tonight is to uh, minimize time spent on social network. And that idea has been thrown at me multiple times. Whether it is reading about somebody else's experience or people talk about it, talking about it on different podcasts I listen to, I always had that in mind, but never really tried it. And in early October, I felt quite tired and I realized that uh, while my personal life had important changes, as we discussed in the past episodes, uh, the world we live in is also quite messy. So uh, around mid-October, to be exact, on the 12th, I decided to stop using Twitter. And now, uh, at the date of the recording, we're nearly four weeks after that. I decided to revisit the whys, the struggle I faced, and also how do I see the next few weeks. So first, let's start about why am I talking especially about Twitter. I am mentioning Twitter because it is the main social network I use on a daily fashion. In the past year or so, I started to dabble a bit more, being a bit more... I say active, but follow more actively stuff on Instagram would be the better word. Uh, but never in a way that I'd end up looking at it every day. So later in the show, I'll explain the main difference I see uh, between my social network usage of Twitter and my social network usage of Instagram. While we are on the topic of Facebook-owned social network, Facebook itself is the one that I stopped being an active user years ago. Um, it's funny, uh, the main usage I derive from Facebook is local events, especially car-based events. I think uh, here in Montreal and in a lot of places around the world, this is where Facebook is still strong. Uh, local communities, local events. But as you can guess, during the last nine months, which was over the summer period because of COVID, I haven't really participated in any car-related events. Uh, there was some. Not that there was none, but there was some. But personally, I didn't feel comfortable to go to them. And to not feel too sad that I'm missing out on them, I never really follow what happened. For sure, uh, while I was also busy shopping for a condo, it does mean that I didn't have the, the time, the personal time to put into this. Uh, it also meant it was kind of... I always say egoistically that it was a bit nice that covid happened this year the summer that i couldn't really go to the racetrack but again at the same time i feel like you know it was kind of a, a good diversion for me so on top of summer slowly but surely moving away at this point more has gone uh winter is coming and for sure that slows down the montreal car culture and the seasonality of me using Facebook is also something I brought up in a previous Limipo episode. It's a long one. It's a long time ago. Episode 15, titled Shifting About 6,000 RPMs Because <laughs> VTech Dude. I uh, remember but, that title because it's the longest one in the CMS. Yes, it is the longest one, but I really love this title. 
because this shit I heard a lot. You might be surprised. You might not be surprised about that. But more or less, I was talking about me moving to Montreal uh, and me being in a bigger city could uh, meant I could enjoy more of the call culture around there. And that's also when I brought up that yeah. I don't really use Facebook except to follow up on what's happening in those events, whether the events, like to respond to all that fun stuff. And it's funny because this is five years ago and not much has changed on my Facebook usage. I will open it, go see what some of my in real life friends are doing or some previous acquaintances. But overall, like Facebook is for car events and that's mainly it. Coming back to Twitter, it kind of throughout the years, like if you think about it, I was looking sadly looking at that, and I've been on Twitter for what thirteen years at this point. I'm not. Sh- I have forgot to look at the exact date, but I know it's 2007. And if I recall correctly, it's October that I joined. So uh, you joined like nine months after me, <laughs> right? I, I recall I joined late after you, but that was surprisingly enough early compared to a lot of people and yes i've looked here again october 2007 uh surprisingly enough i'm in the first 10 million users according to my uh, user number you know what's uh, funny i'm six hundred fifty nine thousand eight hundred three. really wow first million baby <laughs> wow so it's funny that in nine months like how Twitter grew so much uh, around that time, but I like even then I still consider myself as an early Twitter user, uh, because even in two thousand seven there was like nothing. So it does mean that a lot of my hobbies, a lot of my personal and also professional and hobbies related connections are on Twitter. Uh, so it kind of become a hub for all of my daily quote unquote news. Whether it was for Apple news, Apple development news, video games, a lot of cars too in the recent years, uh, even drag queens following uh, my favorite drag queens, or even just general news, like the traditional news. Twitter was the main place up until four weeks ago where I, I go looked at to get up to date on, I, I couldn't say just, I could say just my personal hobbies plus traditional uh, news. While it was really nice to have everything in one place, uh, you can imagine that it ends up being a lot of mixed topics, which is one of the reasons why I decided to take a break. Uh, and then what you realize is on top of this mixed topic, uh, you've heard a lot, I'm sure, in the recent years that social networks are starting, not starting, but are quite filled with a lot of negativity for a long time. And what I've realized is that personally, this has took its toll, in, especially in the recent weeks. There's a lot of events. Uh, we're still in the middle of all of that fun stuff. When you hear my voice, maybe not. Who knows? But uh, it was the time that I needed to self-reflect on this. Because while I was not at the breaking point, I really didn't want to go at the wall for that. So that's when I started to self-reflect and realized that I really needed to try this experiment. And I would like to see, and it was super curious to see the side effects it would cause on me as an experience. So I kind of more or less saying right now that I needed a Twitter detox. And you could be right. Uh, and I think still that it is still the case. So at that point, I realized that I had a problem. First step, as I said, I have a problem. 
then I needed to I needed to be thrown in my face some cold-blooded facts to give me the boost to really do it. And that's when I did look at my screen time statistics. <laughs> I'll take a break. So while I continue a bit about explaining my usage of, st- of screen time, I would really like you to go look at your statistics and have them ready for the next few minutes. So while Yannick does that, uh, I want to talk a bit about screen time. So it's a new feature on iOS 12, whatever, recent iOS or 13. And I think I enabled it when it got launched, but I turned it on and go on with my life. So I never really looked at it. Uh, so each Sunday, you would receive a, a reminder notification to tell you about them, how much percentage of hours you spent on your phone on average throughout that week whether it improve, increase, or decrease compared to last week. And by tapping on it, will allow you to get a, a, a week report. Uh, because I think they do Sunday to Saturday weeks, if I recall correctly. And when I looked at, because I was looking at that on a Saturday, on a Sunday, uh, I kind of, kind of began to say, oh yeah, maybe I should go look at this. So I'll be sharing some of my numbers. So a normal week look, like this. Um, okay, small caveat first. Uh, my Mac uh, is opt out of this. Uh, so my personal Mac, I don't really use it too much these days because Tony is using it a lot at school. And uh, even if, okay, I shouldn't say that, but even if my personal account is on my work laptop, uh, it is uh, screen time turned off. So uh, it, it, there might be some work related stuff on my iPad, uh, but Overall, you could say that screen time is really my personal usage. And as you may guess why this is a topic of this show, TweetBot was my most used app more or less every week. Um, the week I decided to before the week before I decided to take the break, I spent around 11 hours doing that week on Twitter. And uh, that is with, I think, about not... Overall, and during the day, I think it's about two. Let me bring up the screenshot. It's, I think, two hours per day on my phone, like, of usage on my phone. Uh, yes. So, what's even worse than that? It's, uh, yes, it's four hours and 30 minutes per day that week. Uh, surprisingly enough, that really didn't change. That even grew in the past few weeks to five hours and a half to six hours. But what have, what have I done on my devices as change. The first big change was since I stopped, uh, TweetBot went from 11 hours per day, uh, per week, excuse me, to one hour. And if you think about it, it's like we'd say, we give round numbers. So six, seven days, 30, 35 hours per day, uh, per week. So 11 hours literally mean a third of my time on my phone was to look at Twitter. Now it's about the same thing, but it's literally an hour. But as I mentioned, my phone usage didn't decrease. And that's going to be one of the main points is because it, it you do have this kind of ingrained behavior, which I want to come back to it a bit later. So even if it went down, I would still like look at things. I will like to, I will describe later also what things I was still looking at uh, and what was out of the picture. Some things that... Uh, was out the picture if I were to show you my stats. No, I did not go on another Twitter client. <laughs> no, I didn't go on Twitter.com and use Safari with Twitter.com. 
And no, I did not ignore when people sent me links. So if friends were to send me links, for example, Yannick or colleagues or even at work, chat work that, that would come up, I would click on it and go. But I would read that tweet, read the replies, but never like, I was resist the temptation to go look at my timeline. What was important to mention here is to minimize the amount of time I spent on it, looking at my timeline and the typical kind of like ingrained behavior of I'm bored, let me look at my phone and automatically go look at Twitter. Did you end up doing the tip that I recommended to you to create a blank Twitter list to set as your timeline? Uh, you... Oh, no, I did not do that. So if you go into TweetBot in the lists section, you can create a list that is empty. And I just called it underscore blank. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if you hold the word that says timeline in uh, the TweetBot UI, you can actually change your timeline to be a list by default. So some people do this with, they have like a a starred list, which are like their closest friends. And they set that as their timeline so they can follow people and feel good about following other people, but only look at their friend stuff. If you set blank, uh, when you open TweetBot, you see nothing, uh, which means you can look at tweet uh, engagement from uh, your uh, replies and all of that stuff, DMs and all that stuff without, being distracted by seeing your timeline refresh and seeing like 853 new tweets. uh, Now you just see a blank screen. So that's what I did for my break. Okay, this is a good tip. I want to keep it into the last section of this episode where I want to talk about uh, what I've learned and also what I'm going to do because I'll be bringing back the list there. Uh, But to quickly answer a question, first, I I forgot about this uh, present all the word timeline on the timeline tab and it will change which timeline you're looking at. I was using the uh, the two last tabs where you can override uh, which feature is shown on those tabs and I yeah. was just using it the list there. Yeah, that, that also works. But yeah, like if you want to just change the default timeline just because out of habit, you're probably going to wind up on your timeline anyway. Uh, right. It's a good way to like disincentivize that. I thought what you were about to say was to get rid of Twitter from your first home screen, which that I did too. I well, was about. I also to, did that, but yeah, like. <laughs> I, I, I guess you can say it's kept and obvious, but I think it is worth mentioning because at first I was about to really unplug it, like really like uninstall from my phone. And be like, you know, dude, let me give you an advice that. Because uh, maybe I forgot to mention it, but one thing that we have to mention is you run the same experiment, more or less. I think it, you started maybe a week or two before me, and then you. you I started two to, weeks before you. Right. So, and then you restarted about a week ago. No, I, well, yeah, I restarted using Twitter a week ago. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Sorry. As me spoke. Yeah. You, you got, you came back to Twitter about a week ago. Yes. Uh, but yes. So one of the first advice when I started to talk with you with that was to say, Hey, don't uninstall it. I'm sure if you do what I've done, which is literally get it, get rid of it from your doc and don't put it on your first page, especially since I discussed with you that uh, I was using the new iOS 14 feature of the app library. So I have one screen, one home screen, and then the rest is just app libraries. I can tell you that works. So uh, that's a good advice. <laughs> which for me though. Um... It, like it sorts your apps and your categories by usage. I don't know if you noticed that. Mm-hmm. So the social category was just the big tweet bot I got. That's true. It does still does that on my side. But uh, surprisingly enough, the, the, the mental model of just having to swipe and be like, uh-oh, no, 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 I'm swiping. I was more conscious of myself doing that. 
But I also want to come back later about uh, when I, re- I talk about Instagram being a replacement about this automatic behavior because that was funny because uh, Instagram took the spot on my doc for that. And uh, there was sometimes I was just like, I'll talk about it later. But <laughs> I want to finish this section about uh, my stats and it being the first kick to say, hey, I need to really do it. The other one was you and we i think we are we were driving to it is because you were doing it as the same process i feel when we when i brought that to you i was like hey i think i need to do that uh the way we talked about it the way you were saying hey you could do this you could do that that work with me really reminded me that hey i'm not the only one doing that and also i know like close friends that are doing it because it's good for their own sanity too and that i had somebody that if i needed help i could rely on uh, which surprisingly enough that <laughs> you was sound really like useful. an addiction coach or whatever like <laughs> no but it, it, you sound crazy but it's a bit like that and you can read and i haven't read too much about this because at the same time you'll we'll see like I, it, it will flow uh i sound a bit worried but I think it was more like I now start to see some of my habits and now I be, I'm more mindful of them. But again, I'm spoiling my conclusion here. Well, I, I want to step in here because I haven't actually said why I did my Twitter break. And I think that's we're coming from different places. You're correct. That's the perfect segue. <laughs> you can say that it's a perfect place for that part. Yeah, so... I basically lost my mind during one of the presidential debates. I was not watching the presidential debate, but um, someone was live tweeting the presidential debate. And one of the issues I have with a lot of commentary directly regarding this election is that there's like a portion of people on my timeline who are all of a sudden outraged and surprised that Donald Trump is racist. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, where the fuck have you been for the last four years? So I was partially losing my mind because of this. And then there's the other people who are just like, oh, no, no, I know Donald Trump is racist, but I'm going to tweet every single racist thing he says during the thing so people can be just as outraged as me, which is like, you're you're not helping with anything just by doing this. So I, I just had enough and I was just like, no, goodbye. I, I, I'm going away. I don't know when I'm going to come back. Uh... And that was my main driver for it. I don't think I was worried about my Twitter usage in terms of raw numbers. Like, I've been back for a week and I spent, what, an hour and 25 minutes on TweetBot this week? (laughs) So it's like, I, like, honestly, I'm surprised your numbers are that high considering how little you actually tweet. No, but I, okay. So uh, you're making a good point. Uh, You're correct that I did look at my numbers. But it was also for me the kind of like being so burdened with the negativity that allows me to like be like, hey, there's a problem here. Like I'm subjecting myself to too much negativity these days and I need to really confirm that I'm not just just going crazy or something. And that's when I started to look at like cold or cold-blooded facts. I needed numbers to kind of make, make me wake up. The, the negativity thing is interesting because... The reason I came back to Twitter is because last week I was really, really having a terrible day and I wanted to see my friends again. And I felt like I was left behind, like I was without anyone, basically alone in the desert by not having Twitter. And I think like that's sort of how our usage differs greatly. I follow under 150 people on Twitter and most of them are actually my friends. 
Mm-hmm. And I, like I mentioned on a previous episode, I don't rely on Twitter as a news source because I don't trust it fundamentally for a lot of things because of everything that is happening in the world right now that leads people to like the, the, everyone is incentivized to do things that gets clicks, whether it's real or not. And, uh, you constantly have to be fact checking everything. And I just don't want to be involved in that game. So I just try to ignore as much of the news people post to Twitter as possible, because I would rather find it out from a news source. And, uh, I think that episode was called like, uh, citizen journalism was a was a good idea in theory or something like that's more or less the idea is like in certain cases like with the black lives matter protests and all of that stuff like yes you're going to have to rely to a certain degree on citizen journalism because sometimes the media isn't talking about it but like i have a pretty good radar for what those things are and i can pick up on that if i need to and focus in on those issues when the time is right but like for standard political shit like I don't need the play-by-play commentary from everyone on Twitter. I can just like go to an actual news source and my radar is calibrated so that, yes, I know that this uh, news outlet is biased in this way so I can undo the bias in what they they are and interpret the data and get the information I need to make decisions about my own life. Uh, So like, I, I think that's the thing is because I use Twitter much more as a social tool and less as a information absorption tool uh which i think have different jobs and maybe twitter isn't really good at one of those things uh like i don't have overwhelming negativity on my timeline because i don't let it in my timeline because that's what following people is for (laughs) okay um while i don't disagree with you and you're bringing up good points you're kind of stealing my conclusion again <laughs> but that's okay no uh to kidding aside though uh i i think you're right though you, you one point i want to touch for now uh so i can conclude the why take a break uh this quickly brings me to okay i had the motivation to to do this experiment now let's talk a bit about how how, how hard was it right and surprisingly it was less hard than i assumed it would the main part that was hard was the struggle with this ingrained behavior just like oh i need to go look i need to go look right but when i realized like one thing that made me realize that is when i removed tweetbot and put either tweet tweetbot or even was the kind of like looking at my phone and trying to do something like i realized that it was still a problem when i was literally looking at my emails and it's a sunday morning and there's nothing happening but it made me realize that I need to be more conscious on that to improve. And also, this reminded me is like why I need to look into this because every day that I was looking at Twitter, I wanted to make sure that I am a tw- uh, timeline completionist. So I wanted to make sure that I, I, I stop, I break that as much as I can and understand why I, I was doing that. And I agree with you. There was a lot of things, but yes, maybe there was less compared to the other social network. There was less in real life like social people i like i can say like hey we've met they they know me i know them uh they know me by name it's not just like a random person i've met uh there's less of that on twitter for me but i was still this feeling of fomo like a fear of missing out because some people like some podcasters i like i follow some app developers i like that i follow i want like it's it's fun for me 
on those topics that I'm passionate in those topics that I want to also know what they know. I want their passion in my life too. And that's what I feel was missing. And I tried as an experiment to see how can I slowly but surely bring this back while also evaluating how can I also slowly but surely trying to bring back Twitter as a social network in my life, but in a, in a more controlled manner, I would say. And that's where I feel uh, I still not as close as you because I know like Twitter for you for certain online friends that you have or even certain friends that you've met in real life but you don't live close to them and even right now even living close to them means nothing uh this is your only connection to them the same way like literally if i guess we could say because we you and i are losing line to talk to each other like same thing like if line goes away tomorrow and i don't know we are not able to talk to each other like i would miss that connection and i understand that part uh it's just that for me it's a bit different because for that i also have other tools uh, to talk to those important people in my life that was the only part i want to i'll keep so i'm sure we'll discuss a bit more about some of the uh, solution you add to and the reason why you brought up and to what we've learned from this uh, later on but as mentioned uh, i did say that i replaced it with different things which i want to explore uh, so I mentioned I replaced it with three things and two of them are new in my daily life. And I would like to start with the one that is not so new, Instagram. I think it's about a year ago. I decided to join Instagram because I wanted to create a, a car-focused space in my life. And again, every time you, you I was about to start, you, you create an account on a new social network, but let's for me call it new because i was really 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 late to instagram uh you do end up following like the people you know like some of either close friends or people like you get a lot of recommendation it's just like friends you know and i always say that those are easy to just uh attach to your follow count because some a lot of them they're just like passive users they consume a lot but they don't create a lot so uh, I think it's for this kind of n now modern unwritten social rules that when somebody follows you, you can follow them back. It's good when you have friends that are just like consumers of social network and not creators. So uh, I had a lot of that, but it was I was actively making sure that my outside of that follows. And even if it was um, close friends that were uh, maybe more heavy creators, posters, uh I would still try say to kind of keep them if I feel it. I, I feel it's important. I was trying to bait a bit of this social convection if needed. But what I've slowly realized is I have a couple of friends that are active Instagram users. They use Instagram. It's really nice, uh, and I like to follow what they do on Instagram and what they post. But overall, it was mainly car youtubers car journalists even i have surprisingly enough even like niche car selling services as instagram because they post pictures of their nice car inventories where it's dealers or kind of a uh i was about to say chauffeur but no it kind of a kind of a one-to-one -one service for more rich customer let's put it this way let's be honest because they're not selling you like a toyota camry as kind of a concierge service that's the word i was looking for they might be selling you like exotic cars but part of their marketing is to show you pictures of nice car which yes it's marketing and i'm aware but i get, get a lot of enjoyment of just seeing nice 
car nice pictures of cars inside the city like it's not only random pictures it's also pictures of montreal the city with nice cars in them so i started to see that i was using twitter uh, instagram even when i was still on twitter i was still kind of like every couple of days go see instagram realize oh yeah this person has done this and like this youtuber i like they 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 posted there on their new project that they haven't announced on youtube yet because they haven't made the video but they they are posting on instagram and that kind of create an, a nappy space for me and this is something i really enjoyed uh, recently on top of which it's quite funny because it's kind of a not a weird mix but it's kind of a it makes for a funny timeline it's i've added also my favorite drag queens on and their instagram account so my instagram is like car car drag queens drag queens, car 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 <laughs> a, a picture of a friend uh, car car cars drag queens drag queens so it's quite funny uh, but it made me can create an uh, a nappy space and a lot of like long time Instagram users are bitching a bit about the ads and such, but another thing I realized too is the ads in Instagram are quite nice. Sometimes they're a bit kind of You're lucky if you get good ads because I get terrible ads and the algorithmic shit is terrible to me, but what <laughs> Okay. L- l- let me tell you what I get usually as ads. Um car ads. I'm sure Obviously. you're not surprised. <laughs> uh, you're not surprised. Uh, one day I, I sent a screenshot to my brother because it was kind of a, an ad for um, a lease deal for a McLaren car. I was like, yep, yeah, um, you know what? That makes total sense for me. I'm also the target market for McLaren's cars. I have the budget to pay for this for sure. And you know what? Oh, 199% uh, interest on a loan. Oh, it's way better than 249 That's a deal. Uh, sign me in. Uh, not really the case, but uh, sometimes all ads are funny, but they're nice cars, so uh, that's fun. Uh, a lot of, surprisingly enough, that will <laughs> bring us back to some of our previous episodes, recent previous episodes. Uh, home, like home smart gadgets, more or less, like uh, oh, a smart Tesla stat, any like smart appliances. I have a lot of those ads. Uh, cars. Cars. <laughs> Yeah, that's mainly it, to be honest. It, wow. it seems that a lot of a lot of ad buyers. Uh, okay, no, I should have not looked at that. There's nice cars now. Uh, oh, okay, now I look. Uh, there's kind of a home office furniture too. Uh, and oh, I get a lot of clothing ads too. So shoes, uh, wallets, for example. Uh, I forgot the brand. I do have like before I've seen ads on Instagram. Uh, I I bought their wallet because they're but I forgot the brand now. Crap. Uh, Bellroy, that's it. Uh, they have also nice backpacks too. So I, I saw an ads recently about backpacks. So all of this to say is for me at least, uh, uh, the ads are nice and a bit dangerous because they make, can make you spend money. But at the same time, you know if if it fits what I want, like. I feel it's okay. But again, uh, I hear you, Yannick. Uh, I, I get the most basic shit. Do you want to hear this? Yes, of course. Okay, NyQuil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so off to a good start. Then a tourism ad for Abitibite Biscamang, which is a region here in Quebec. Not okay. a particularly appealing one either. Uh, scrolling down, gain laundry detergent. Okay, I, I've I, seen a couple of uh, tourism ads, by the way, not only for Quebec regions, but also... Bounty paper towels. I get, like, <laughs> everything that goes into a kitchen or bathroom, like, I get that. Oh, Ikea, because I just got my Ikea rug yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. 
I don't care about any of this shit. And like, that's literally everything I get. But like, Instagram's algorithm has no fucking clue what to do with me at all. Because the only thing I do in Instagram is use the DM feature to talk to one friend who is on no social network but Instagram. I don't do anything. Well, I check the stories too. But like, that's literally all I do. Their algorithm, if I go into the recommendations tab, the recommendations tab is fucking crazy. Oh, Uh, never go there. Even for me, never go there. I followed uh, an actress who wears goth clothes and looks real good. And she was on a motorcycle in one of her photos. And now when I scroll Instagram past the latest posts, it's just girls on motorcycles. And I go to the search tab and it's just girls on motorcycles. And sometimes it's like, here are Asian game streamers, like just Asian game streamers. And I'm like, I just watched one for 15 minutes on Twitch. Why? Anyway, it's it's great. I love Instagram. Okay. All of this is to mean at least for me personally for now that can change uh the ads are not affecting too much my social ip place and that's more or less what i'm going to do Uh, a good example that is totally random but i really like to uh to um to watch is uh, a dev friend from montreal uh, bought an house i think a year or two ago and they've created a instagram account of themselves doing the renovations because they since they bought their house they also like decided hey i'll do a lot of the renovations uh, do it yourself so they post out on that i was like oh yeah that's nice they, they're making good progress on this and that's fun so all of this is to say and that instagram really replaced a lot of like a lot of my usage I, even today if i look in the numbers like it didn't grow by a lot though but i realized that like you know if i were to look at something before bed it would be a lot of instagram now uh and not scrolling through my timelines of twitter uh so that's why I have for Instagram. So that would replace some of my uh, hobbies, some of the things I like uh, to watch. And uh, there's that. The next thing I want to move on is RSS. Mm. Haha, you, you were waiting for this one, right? Yeah. So I don't want to, okay. Before I go on on RSS, there's a small disclaimer. Tonight, we're talking about leaving social networks, and we're not talking too much about the technical and so, and uh, like uh, the, the technical and the nerdy aspect of RSS. So, uh, RSS. So, uh, the apps I try, the popular syncing service, we're not talking about that. We're talking about RSS and maybe using an RSS reader app. Um, but... Uh, I might leave that for later, meaning we could have a a specific topic. But again, the idea was to reintroduce me uh, to RSS because a long, long time ago, I was an avid RSS reader user. Uh, It was so far ago, it was literally in like Google Reader's prime time. So we're talking again, (laughs) 2006, 2007, 2008. So literally like 15 years ago, nearly. Uh, But... I recalled why I quit too. It was because I've overloaded myself. And again, I was realizing that that with Twitter, I maybe have overloaded myself a bit too much that I was like, you know what, with RSS, I want to have kind of a hub like Instagram, but for uh, other hobbies and to keep up on some of the dev Apple developers that I really enjoy following or some of just the Apple news a lot of those websites and blogs are using RSS because they love RSS as a technology. 
and a lot of their users are following them through there. So I was I realized that in the past few weeks, I was able to create my small hub of, hey, I'm no longer on Twitter, but if I want to know what people are saying about what's happening or people are having like blog posts, opinions, stuff like that about some random things they ran into, I guess, like, for example, I was reading... Uh, Michael sign and he was he was talking about the tweets of uh, the uh, carbon copy cloner people bitching about Pixar. So you know what? Like that's nice. Like I, not nice that they're bitching, but nice that <laughs> a they're struggling with Pixar because if friends are having issues, that, that that's the type of news that usually would scroll through my timeline. But what I realized with RSS is I could have a dedicated time period, whereas with Twitter it's kind of you need to keep up. So so it was fun to create a. Apple Content Hub, a centralized place where I can find all my text-based Apple content. Uh, because you can say, like, like I say text-based because you can imagine that the other part is, as an avid podcast listener, too, uh, you can say that podcast is the other part of that strong Apple dev blogs or Apple news blog uh, pillar. So what's actually funny about this for me is... Uh... I don't remember how many years ago. It must be like maybe two years ago. Uh, I stopped using RSS. Uh, I was using Feedbin in Reader at the time. And I was like, pretty much same thing as you. Like I had something like 350 feeds or something. And I think I had like The Verge and Polygon, which was a lot of stuff. Uh, because they have crazy fire hoses. Um, I, I still had like a pretty regimented like uh, routine I would go through and just like look at the headlines and throw things into a reading list or insta paper immediately and then i would just read the things that look good based on the headlines i wouldn't actually tap into each story because that's insane uh mm -hmm. with the volume i had uh and i created a twitter list called rss <laughs> and i followed twitter bots that reposted the rss entries for uh at the time i think it was three blogs and now it's up to five blogs and that is literally my replacement for RSS. Uh, but because it was a Twitter list, I wasn't actually reading it uh, for the last month. And I did not actually feel like I missed that much because I would either uh, go to Michael Tice's site at 4 p.m. every night or whatever and go check if there were any new stories in the thing. Or I would just hear about it on podcasts. And I think there's so much overlap in the things I read in RSS and the things that I uh, hear on podcasts that... I could probably get by just with Michael size blog and not actually have to read anything through RSS. And like the fact that Michael side just like is more or less the summary of what happened on Apple Twitter for the day means that I don't actually have to follow any Apple people uh, to actually keep up with uh, the news. And I can just like follow more friends and stuff and not have to see every single tweet about why Big Sur sucks. Because I already know Big Sur sucks. <laughs> uh, it's a good point. Just to give you an idea, I have currently two lists, and I'm using a net use wires just for now. Uh, no comment on whether I like it or not. Just it was free. I wanted to get in a cheap way into RSS. It looks back. pretty good. That's true. Again, I don't want to go there tonight. Uh, but two lists. One is called Apple and it has Daring Fireball, Max Stories, and Six Color. And the other one is Apple Dev, where it has Michael Tsai, which. You could say it's general news, but sometimes really uh, dev-focused. Uh, I've added uh, in the past two days uh, the Swift.org blog because it is something that uh, what I've realized that I can tackle with RSS in the past few weeks have been 
kind of reading more some of the blog posts or some of the, the pages I had open in tabs everywhere. Not too much into my relator services where I need to also go clean them up there. But I realized that because I was spending less time just catching up on like what happened today or did I miss something today that I had time to just say, okay, no, you know what? Like those, those are a great source of just giving me what's happening today. I don't need to read everything. I don't really care. I keep what I want to read. I had the time to read what happened, what is imp- I feel is important for that day. And I had the back, I said, oh yeah. For example, I had a couple of uh, Swift.org blog posts. I, I was like stuck on my work computer that I needed to read. And I had the time to read them. I was like, oh, okay. Slowly but surely, if I, I'm more conscious of my time and optimizing it a bit, I can, I don't want to catch up on my backlog, but I can at least be like, spending more time reading stuff and just not scrolling through stuff where i think for some of my hobbies will be important to spend the time reading long forms where just reading like 240 characters so this is what i like right now with uh, rss Um, i think that will maybe allow me to remove uh some things but as you can see like right now we kind of have this uh car hub now rss is the apple things uh, the only non-Apple things I have right now is a, a recent, it's a blog I've, I've discovered recently about just managing uh, a condo uh, in Quebec so and all the fun like management stuff around it. So I wanted to learn about that more. Uh, and the other artists, so I was like, okay, I'll put it there. But then, um, even then, if our world is shitty these days, and we're lucky to be in Canada, but uh, I still believe that it's important to follow what's happening politically speaking, in your world so that your country doesn't go to shit. So you can, as a citizen, do something. Uh, and also, I would like to kind of keep a close touch on, like, my local community, my new neighborhood that I moved in. Um, and I really want to keep a flow of... Not a flow, but I want to keep a touch on what's happening in traditional news. I don't want to keep, go blind. I don't want to be... Some of my friends, like, they talk like, oh, do you see that that happened? They're like, No don't care right I, that's not me i i want to be a bit of an engaged citizen i feel called out <laughs> surprisingly not i was not talking about you but that could have fit the bill <laughs> uh but that's also why i like remember when we were talking about me adding the the, the traditional news media feeds on twitter i still believe it is important for me to get this a certain dose of this news daily because I really want to stay I don't want to like I don't want to be bombarded one of the reasons I was doing that is because a lot of the other people from my other hobbies were starting to put a lot more energy they realized that hey they need to do their own things in their own country <coughs> the US uh, so I was like hey you know what I want I need to balance out with stuff that is happening in mine like go deal with your problem I'll go deal with mine that's kind of the tie this maybe Stupid approach, you could say, but I wanted to be more active. And that's where Apple News is coming. Oh, dear uh, God. No. Yes. Yes. Oh, no. So I've been using Apple News even more these days. That's why you were talking about the shitty Catalyst app. <laughs> so I've been using it on the phone, on the iPad, on the Mac. Tonight, we're not talking about technologies, <laughs> but I could say there's a lot about Apple News. Though what I liked, so uh, funny enough, I followed... I, because I was trying Apple News, it was, I think, a couple of tech blogs. But overall, it is what I would call, like, traditional news. There's not all of them that, like, oh, there's different 
news channel or news me, media news i could go look in quebec uh to go back to the biases that Tinik was talking like this one has biases uh, not all of them are there so i still go look some of the website even some of the ones that they are in apple news they have a limited feed so i also go look on the website but i know when i open apple news and I'm not getting any like car. I know I do, but that's another topic. But I don't really care about the news that is from cars there. It's just because I follow a couple of car topics and it shows up there. But I know when I go there, it is traditional news. I'm no longer a cable subscriber. I was up until I moved here, by the way. Um, I was not really watching the cable news uh, anymore too much, even if I had it a couple of months back, still at the apartment. But uh, I still need, like, I was watching. Like two three years ago, I was still watching like ARD, which is our, one of the is the state uh, cable news channel, uh, and I felt it was important for me. Uh, I still feel it is important, and what Apple News brings me is this other hub. Uh, this one is like you know what I'll let, I don't mind I don't mind that Apple manages this one. Uh, this also uh, allowed me to kind of bring new news channel that I was not following on Twitter that also gave me a different perspective on some of the Quebec news. Uh, it's important to have a different different opinions, not having just a tunnel vision right there. And it allowed me to see some other channel and also create my own opinion on them. So that was, I think, more on the positive side for Apple News. Uh, it does mean, though, as I said, it's not perfect. I'm not talking about the app because the app is far from perfect and then we can talk in two great lanes. But it doesn't mean that for some other news, uh, I would have to load up this like journal's website or La Presse website or Radio Canada's website to go in different section because they might have limited integration with Apple News because everybody knows that it's not really the best service ever. But just to get... But just to get uh, to get the clear picture of a what's happened today, this is this is good enough for me. He, hey, is something really happened in Quebec recently? Yes, it did. Here's what happened. Is was there a big like a news event? Yes, there was. Here's what it is. And for sure, I wish that it was a bit more locally focused. For sure, like I, I live in Montreal, the big city. Of course, <laughs> yeah, what's you... local, it's there, right? <laughs> I have a lot more issue finding regional news that I'm satisfied with than you do. But you'll be surprised to hear that I was I did try to see a is is there some of the Quebec local news channel in there? I was sad to see no. Uh but I still sometimes go look rarely I would say, but it's still important for me to see where my family lives what's happening. But I really focus on the big channels that are like statewide or province-wide. So overall, because of the content in the app and not the container, uh, I'm quite ex- I'm quite happy with my expense with Apple News. The containers have a lot of defaults. Yeah, Let I'm me not tell surprised. You that. <laughs> uh, especially sometimes, I, I think they did. I realized too that they're good, and some of I think the Huffington Post Quebec is really good at clickbaiting. So sometimes I I fall for it. That's kind of their uh, job, yeah. Right. Yes. And what I one thing I realized I'll mention is when you go down into like okay you click on the, you're on the home page where there's a tab navigation, uh, and then you click on down the tab bar disappears and I'm like when you're like literally like five article down in navigation you need to do back 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 back, back, back to go to somewhere that is kind of a, a feed uh, if it was let's say if you were to do that in example in Tweetbot 
because the tab bar stays you press on the tab bar and boom you're back at the top of the navigation route and I'm like oh my goodness iOS convention. That's the only thing I'll say about I, uh, about Apple News. Even for iOS convention, they're not good at following it. <sighs> so yeah, so using it sometimes is infuriating, but for the content, it fills up my I need to follow traditional news. This all brings us to what I've learned after four weeks. Mm. First point, the amount of time I spend on my devices hasn't really changed too much. <laughs> we're all, at least in Montreal, mostly in a lot of Quebec, we're all still not locked down, but like restricted. So there's not that much to do in the weekends except go on a walk and then go back home and then do things inside the condo. So, but I'm glad to see that what has happened is my time is getting redistributed. I'm being more careful about like where I spend time. Um, if I were to look today, like, for example, I'm not, like, always looking. And even in the past few days, even because of the U.S. election, I still feel that what you'll see is I'll be reading a lot of Safari. Yeah, this week Safari is already through the roof. Uh, <laughs> because, again, I think I spent, like, last night looking at the, 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 the U.S. map and stuff like that. Yeah, I can see that 538 is already there by a lot, funnily enough. But what, uh, what I realized, Trout, is I start to see a bit more pattern. Oh, yeah, I do watch a lot of YouTube videos throughout the day, throughout the week. And it shows. Uh, yes, for example, last week, Apple News, I did spend about like three hours throughout that week. But then I kind of start to see like, it's getting more balanced. Things are more balanced. I can more easily see, okay, you know, maybe this week I, I felt a bit bad because, hey, you know what? I looked at Apple News a bit too much. And yes, there was a lot of big news that happened that could have impacted my uh, feelings and the way I feel or my kind of, kind of happiness level. Um, so that I feel that this redistribution and not being stuck behind a hub uh, is quite nice. Uh, I do miss, again, I brought that up a bit when Yannick, uh, when you went on, when you kind of blow up the why did you leave Twitter and then <laughs> did my whole episode in about 15 minutes. Uh, I do miss some of the connection I had with people's mind. And I think that's goes back to one of the main differences twitter was my place to go connect with other ios developers when uh, in 2007 i was stuck in tuavia and the other ios developer i knew was you literally right <laughs> uh i learned a lot through that and i still feel that today even if i'm a better ios developer i still learn from all of those connections all those connections to people's mind I love to see tweets now that from Apple engineers that are allowed to talk more. It's really empowering. I like to see when they when they have opinions about some of the technical decision or when other people say, hey, I have a problem with UI collection view. And then one of the UI collection view engineers will say, yeah, you can try it. Have you tried this? Have you tried that? Have you tried that? Like, I like to see that. And that was one of the big formal points for me in the past four weeks is missing that. It's like, oh, uh, like this is really like kind of on the happy scale, really on the happy side and not on the uh, not happy side. That if I put it down, being a Twitter comp- a timeline Twitter completionist does not work. Like I need to put that in my mind. It does not work Rip. unless I if, no, but unless I it does not. What I should say is it does not scale to the point I am right now. Even if I don't follow too much people, how many people do you follow? Two hundred, really? Yeah, two hundred nine. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was around two hundred. 
but I, I, I again it might goes back to i have a lot of like i think i follow a lot of big posters too not only the news network but a lot of people but again what i'm saying is what i learned also from instagram is instagram i can be like a completionist because i have i've uh an like edited list of followers and i know who are the big posters and and i'm aware of those like big creators like big users of instagram and it's easy for me to say like oh okay i scroll scroll done okay i've seen all the pictures for the last two three days actually like yeah if i have one thing to give credit to instagram for it's that in recent years they added the you've caught up on this feature Mm -hmm. because before when they just switched to algorithmic timeline and you had no fucking clue if you've actually seen your friend's pictures it made actually following your personal friends infuriating because it was basically exactly like facebook where you have no clue if you've actually seen everything that people have posted Uh, so kudos i still wish i could sort by time like we used to but Mm -hmm. it's better than nothing no i agree um even now the dumb feature would say where it expands say hey you've caught up here's what you would like right and then it's just girls on motorcycles all the way down (laughs) okay maybe not for me but literally this is literally where i stop and even sometimes I click on the button, like, do you, do you want to continue back? Like, do you want to go see your historical post? And I said, yes. And I go see, oh, yeah, it was the, I really love this picture of this car. Or, oh, this person, this YouTuber is doing something dumb. I really, I'm really good to see the next video. Like, even if that was there, like, I, I understand people bitching about that feature because they're trying to promote your algorithm shit, but they're still tweaking it in such a way that it is useful for beloved like timeline like time-based timeline users yeah it's not like the twitter front page which is literally just like here's a bunch of algorithmic garbage have fun and uh we're going to reset your preference for time-based every five seconds because we hate you this is why you use third-party clients people (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, also to to go back about being a, a, a timeline completionist that's where i bring up this where i bring up the twitter list maybe I need to be more use less more aggressively, but I need to be careful of not going crazy with uh, the list. And if you recall, when I was auditing my usage, I did say for the past four weeks, I still have about an hour per week of uh, of tweetbot usage. And because I needed, there was I think one political analyst that I that I really enjoy and then one local Montreal journalist that was that is tweeting every night about the covid situation in Montreal and while he's reading long post article I think at the gazette Montreal gazette like his timeline every day is only on twitter so i've created a list that's called important and i put those two people and then at night i would go look at i would look at that because they would post around like we're recording it's like 9 30 i think it's about an hour usually you post around like 10 10 30 they're like kind of like here's the situation of this day of today in montreal i wish he'd put it on a fucking web page instead of a twitter thread though <laughs> yes but it's easier right now like i don't we've we've i don't uh, yeah i want okay, to fine. reopen this debate this <laughs> debate but i i agree with you but for for normal people that don't want to manage a web manage a website, it's way easier, and the people are already there. And that we have to be conscious nerds. I disagree, but but that's another topic. Okay, 
But yeah, so yeah, we can agree to disagree here because I believe that the people are there to read that. But it's not a. I think where we agree together is long form posts as threads is not good. Literally, I recall some people where they like like tweet forty and it's like, hey, I've been reading that for the last thirty minutes. Maybe that should have been a blog post, huh? Yeah. But another topic. <laughs> but yeah, so again, this made me realize, you know what? Uh, I have added another person and I'm like, you know what? I'm not so sure anymore if I want to see them like like too much. If I don't mind, they go in the normal timeline and then when I'm bored, I just want to quickly go look at what's happening in the past hour in the timeline. Maybe they'll be slightly down-promoted. Uh, and I think that's okay. And I also believe that I should maybe add one or two more so maybe like have a, an important where it's like somebody that i like those people in this list they need i need to always catch up let's put it this way i really want to make sure that i follow them like and that be a completionist and i have another list that's like you know what's not my timeline but it's like when you want to catch up on those catch up and that's it so i would say like maybe a max one to three list at most if i were to replay but even three i'm like i re- i think i will add on two so i can maybe keep some of the some of the, the information i need in twitter but again recreating those small ups with twitter list if i can share a tip uh because i i do this on my japanese account uh um, japan has this heavy culture of mutual followbacks for everyone uh, so basically if someone follows you and they don't look like a spam bot, you're more or less contractually obligated to follow them back, which is kind of stupid. And also, (laughs) uh, Twitter in Japan, like people use it much more as a stream of consciousness than people in North America do. Uh, So people post a lot on Twitter uh, if they're if they are on Twitter uh, and that means it's not out of the question that when I wake up in the morning my Twitter timeline for my Japanese account is at over 1,000 new tweets Ooh. and uh, especially uh, ever since I got a real job uh, it became really hard to actually like be a completionist on that front so I made a Twitter list that is basically people i've met in the last two trips and if we have not seen each other physically in the last two trips they are not on that list and i will be a completionist on that list on the english account i have a similar list of closest friends and when i'm in japan and i wake up and basically the timelines are flipped i only read that timeline and i don't pay attention to anything that is posted to the main timeline uh so like yeah i i think there's a about 10 people on the English uh, list of like my closest friends. And then like on the flip side, on the uh, Japanese side, I think it's more just because I meet more people in an average trip, uh, but it's still manageable. Uh, so like, yeah, you, you, you can make those little lists that are just like, well, I guess for me, it's more of a social thing because it's people that I actually know. Uh, and like, I have other ways of finding out about information that I don't actually like need to rely on twitter for keeping up with things but yeah like that that is more or less like how i do it uh when i'm traveling anyway which is not happening these days yeah uh related to the list again there's also maybe trimming of the follow list that i think should happen and should happen i'm still not sure but i think it should be a recurring task every month i should maybe spend five minutes look at my follow list and be like a 
it's time to maybe clean off kind of i guess make it fun but my Kondo away people my uh my followers like yes you you brought me joy but no no more bye-bye yeah uh, really optimize for your happiness uh on your timeline like that doesn't mean like if someone posts information that is upsetting get rid of them but like there are people that i like and i'm friends with and i respect but they pick fights with racists on twitter and like i don't need to see you quote tweeting these racists and first of all giving them attention and second of all picking fights with them on my timeline uh so i unfollowed them and uh like if i have that kind of vibe from someone and like too many of their tweets are not doing anything productive and also making me unhappy when i see them i unfollow people uh so yeah that, like that's that's something you could do uh or you can make it a recurring task i try to stick under 150 like i think right now i'm 142 or something uh that's just like a good metric for me and like since i am a completionist and i intend to continue being a completionist like i'm i i think it's a healthy number for me uh but your mileage may vary on that front that's good to hear uh while I feel the experiment went well, that's something I also I could say that I've learned in the past few things. I've seen that small tweaks can be improved. Right now, I'm still in the phase where I considered even even this week with the elect the U.S. election, I am like not going on Twitter. Literally, I'm like I need to power through it, and I think I would be good for it. So that maybe in the next few weeks, I start to slowly but surely bring it back. But uh, right now, I'm still in the phase where I'm like, how long can I stay this way? I think like one of the things my friends have been doing uh, throughout the election, especially people in America, uh, like there's this unwritten rule amongst my friends, friend groups that we are not tweeting about the election and we are tweeting things that are intentionally not about the election. Like uh, earlier, someone shared their cookie recipe and like we're, we're posting good things to keep us not focused on the election. Uh, so if you have like a friend circle on your social networks that you can use to sort of like hey, let's not talk about the election on Twitter. Uh, that can be a thing that can boost your morale a little bit. Uh, like, I, I just know that a bunch of my friends are doing that and it seems to be working out pretty well for them. Uh, also, like, I have been designated as the emotional support Canadian for a bunch of my friends. So, <laughs> Oh, really? That's nice. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I am here to pick up the pieces if anyone falls falls apart. Um, so that's great. Oh, uh, that's nice. Uh, one thing also that I, I know you sent me a screenshot. I think you were just, you, you wanted me to read the, the joke and it was from one of your Mastodon posts or somebody's post that on the one Mastodon server you are on that they has kind of the, 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 the trigger warnings, right? Saying that, oh, oh yeah, this yeah, is yeah, a trigger, right. the trigger, it could, that could be a, like a trigger content or like an adult content, but they use it for COVID posts, which yeah. I was like, that's brilliant. Yeah. I, I mean, like that's, it's, when I first started using Mastodon, I was kind of upset at how often I had to click through uh, content warnings because people were using them everywhere. Um, but I think it's actually a really good feature. Uh, like uh, often if I'm talking about VTubers and people don't care about VTubers, they can just see that the content warning says Hololive and not click on it. And they just see one word on their timeline instead of mm -hmm. an entire thing talking about crazy memes they don't understand. Yeah, and I like that it's like it's called a content warning. It's like it's not like it doesn't and it doesn't have any like a sexual implicitness or anything. It's just like it's a warning of what the content behind it is. It can be like literally, I'm talking about dogs, and you want to see dogs in your timeline. 
Yeah, th- there is a separate setting. Like uh, if you're sharing images that are not safe for work or pornographic, you can actually check that as a separate box. So mm. the image is blurred in your client by default. Um, but you also have like the content warning thing, which is just like, I don't even want to touch that subject, move on. Uh, you, you can do that, which is just a nice feature. While we're talking about Mastodon, I do actually want to talk about it a little bit because I mostly did substitute my Twitter usage with uh, Mastodon usage in the time that I was not there. And uh, like, obviously, since much of my Twitter usage is social and not information related it was not a good substitute because the people i like weren't there right Uh, i was about to ask that (laughs) uh, uh, like my friend runs the server so he was there but like a lot of people were not there however uh because i've been spending a lot of time on gemini and all of that stuff and a lot of the gemini community is also on mastodon uh i followed a lot of people from that community on there and since i like the people because I like Gemini. Uh, there were a lot of interesting things that came up. So I think there is value uh, to be seen from uh, exploring Mastodon. But like another one of my friends was asking me about it and she was like, should I join Mastodon? And I'm like, well, there are two big communities on Mastodon. There's queer people and there's Linux neckbeards. And <laughs> it's sometimes there's a big overlap between the two. Um, oh, wow. I can, I can just imagine I'm sure that's glorious. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's terrible. Um, But like in the month that I spent primarily looking at Mastodon instead of Twitter, there has been like a sizable amount of drama. And this is the thing that I want to bring up is that a lot of people complain about Twitter and pin things on Twitter that are not problems with Twitter. They are problems with people. (laughs) And... Mastodon structure being decentralized and the fact that instances can cut off communication from other instances and there is a whole vector of drama that can happen on Mastodon that is not possible on Twitter because there's one person to be mad at on Twitter whereas here it's entire subsections of the internet that are at war against each other ah people so like don't think that Mastodon is magically better because it's not owned by a corporation Humans will find a way to fuck it up anyway. Oh yeah, and l- let's be honest about all of this. And when we say that social network uh, like are full of negativeness, is because they are full of people. Like, what's the quote? Hell is other people. Is that in each quote? I think it is. I think you're right. <laughs> that if we're right. not, I, the quote is right, but I don't know who said it. I'm looking it up. Okay, but uh, I do, I, I do agree with you on this. And again, I guess the problem we have, the problem that could be said about social network is oh, they kind Sartre. of Sorry. ah see i couldn't have told i've told you to be honest i forgot all of this philosopher's uh quotes but uh, names yeah uh but what about what i about to say was that uh it, like hopefully even when people are left at their own devices they all go to problematic and drama uh which brings you to funny story tony is rewatching. uh downtown ivy which i never watched and i was like wow this is full of drama so funny and so like really like dumb white people drama it's so funny <laughs> so yes yeah, so uh yeah you're correct about people and drama last point about the future i would oh. say is uh this experiment made me reflect on something that happened over the summer is I wanted to, uh, like, in the first few weeks, we had some time to go cool off and enjoy, quote-unquote, normal life. Uh, we did travel in Quebec a bit, uh, and we went into the, re- uh, we went into the uh, east side of Quebec, in the Gaspé region, 
Euh, non. Non, not Gaspé, excuse me. And uh, like Saguenay and uh, Tadoussac, which is a bit before, uh, where cell coverage was a bit bad. So it does meant that for days I had zero day social network. Uh, no, days with zero social network uh, usage because no internet. And let me tell you, it was refreshing after a couple of days. For sure, the second that internet came back, I was like, oh my God, I need to watch. <laughs> but this is making me realize and making me think. It's like, what if I force myself to, I don't know, a day every two weeks, nothing. And maybe a day even in the weekends, no social network, no nothing, no, no Apple News, no RSS, nothing. You could maybe like define rules to myself. I like can go read posts you have and you read later, but nothing that is like social and see how do I feel about it. No watching news or nothing. So it's making this, all of this to say is this is making me think and making sure that I'm trying to have kind of a more kind of, I was about to say less toxic, but I don't think it's too toxic yet. But you, you see where I'm going. I'm trying to make sure I keep it balance and i'm reflecting on myself on what can i do going from now to keep this relationship with social network balanced and healthy i have two and, suggestions oh i'll take suggestions okay so, so the uh, obviously th these are things i do in my own life um so the first one is to buy a giant collection of retro games and <laughs> play oh jrpgs instead of spending your time on social media because I'm too busy playing the game to look at my phone. Well, I would like to know though that uh, we did like we did that with a lot of not a lot of renovation, but we have a lot of renovation ideas to do. So I'm sure that will also keep me busy. But yeah, I like your idea to say, hey, to not look at social network, go spend money, which I really well, like. you know, you know me, I'm like Marco, but like a small <laughs> scale. I I just want everyone to buy things. That's um, true. Uh, but like yeah it sounds like a shit post but actually like i my social media time went down quite significantly when i started just like sitting down and playing a video game and not looking at anything while i play uh so that is an option the other one is uh side projects like uh, i've mm. started side projects whatever uh like obviously you're probably going to be on the computer while you do it so the, the temptation is always there mm -hmm. um but I don't know. It's it's cool to just sit down and have Xcode open and not look at Twitter and just focus <laughs> on your code for a while. Uh, no, that's uh, that. Uh, first of all, I'll take the tips and advices, and I like that that you say that also they work for you. Uh, I'm again still. I think in the last point in my list, more or less, is like I'm. It is related to this uh, days with zero social network. Is like I need to continue that, and I think that's the the more or less the moral of this episode and the learn the main learning that I've done is I kind of ignored that maybe for a bit too long and now I need to kind of pay back this debt a bit of ignoring it for a bit too long and make sure that I self-check myself from now on to make sure that I don't go back and again like I didn't went into any depression and I'm not saying that uh, like it cannot happen it can so for sure I'm lucky that it didn't went there I don't say that I'll do nothing until it goes there, but it's important that you self-check yourself to make sure that you still stay in this happy zone. And for sure, at the beginning of the month, I was in the not so happy zone, so I don't want that for my life. Hence, why I'll, I'll try to stay uh, 
I'll challenge myself to make sure that I stay closer to it's okay one day you go out of the episode that's normal we're all humans that happens but it is important to make sure that you always hit the goal say stay in that zone not in the center but stay in that zone and that's what this experience uh, more or less taught me and we'll continue to i'll continue to learn from this and i'm glad i could have shared that with you all cool is that it yes it is all right, so if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can find them at limitlesspossibility.net slash 148. You can also find all of our episodes at limitlesspossibility.net. You can find the show on Twitter at limipo underscore podcast. That's L-I-M-I-P-O underscore podcast. You can find me on Twitter, again, at Sakurina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And you can find Ducadivia on Twitter, maybe. Yes, you can find still find me on Twitter. The, remember uh, during Nasato, I did say that I'll still receive notification if you had mentioned me. So that's okay. You can find me on Twitter at Lucunoche. That's L-U-C-C-O-N-O-U-C-H-E. And we'll see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks when we'll be talking about the PS5. The PS5. <laughs>